0: And as promised, we are starting our financial planning series. So we're going to talk about the seven steps of financial planning, and we are going to bring guest financial planners on to talk about the way that they go through these steps, why they are so important, and things that you need to look for as a consumer when you are trying to work with a financial advisor. So today, we're joined by my brother, Luis Rosa. So we're going to jump in. Luis, first of all, Luis has been on the show a couple of times. We work together with the BLX program. And this is my guy right here. It's always a pleasure to have him on the show. So Luis, welcome back.
1: Yeah, thank you. Always a pleasure and an honor. Glad to be back.
0: Yeah, me and Luis are, you know, you see Luis and I together, we're pretty big guys. Luis is about he says he's six four, but I think he's six <laughs> six. And I'm about a good legit six four. And so when you see us running around, you know, together, the big Dominican and the big black guy, it's always fun. And we don't play basketball. With the Yankee hats is that your fresh Yankee fitted, which by the way, I just got a new Yankee fitted. Shout out to Alex Chalekian. We went out to his house and I bought one from their son. I actually bought it. Uh, it was a 1999 World Series Yankees hat. It was nice. It was nice. But anyway, Love it. So today, man, I wanted to get on with you a little bit and just talk about your process. As everyone knows, you're a CFP, also an enrolled agent. And I know that you have some specific things that you do when you're meeting with clients to figure out their circumstances. And so I just wanted to help people as we've talked about this before. A lot of times people will try to you know, be engaging with a financial advisor and we want to make sure that they know that they have a financial advisor or a salesperson, which there's nothing wrong with working with salespeople, just understand who they are. And so I wanted to just talk and let you talk about how you go through your process with clients and figuring out what their circumstances are.
1: Yeah, thank you. That is a great point. I mean, I think when people are trying to engage a financial planner, they have to understand who they're dealing with. Like you said, there's nothing wrong with sales. I mean, there's a lot of things that we need that we need a salesperson to get us there, right? But you have to understand in terms of financial planning, there isn't a copyright on the term financial advisor. So there's a lot of people out there that can call themselves financial advisors. And I think it creates a lot of confusion because it muddies the waters. People don't know the difference between a certified financial planner versus an insurance salesperson because they both call themselves financial advisors. Mm -hmm. Some people focus only on investments. Some people focus only on insurance. Some people do true holistic financial planning. So you have to know the difference between who they are, how their fee structure is and how their process is. So one easy way to figure out if you're looking for true financial planning is to ask people about their process Mm -hmm. and just, ask that open-ended question say, hey, can you tell me a little bit about your process as you're interviewing somebody, right? Because you have to interview your financial planner before you hire them, <laughs> mm-hmm. make sure you're a good fit and see what they say, right? Because if a lot of the people might only be trying to get to an end product, whether it's selling you some sort of investment or selling you an insurance policy, right? So if you need beyond that, you want to know exactly how their process works. So our financial planning profession has a certain process that should be followed similarly to how doctors diagnose right? their patients first, and then they move on to proceed with whatever course of action is going to be what they recommend. Right? We have a similar process. And right now, the CFP board has kind of redesigned the process into a seven-step process. So today we're going to talk about step one, which is circumstances. This is a major one for me. I think it's at the basis of it all because oftentimes, and I've been guilty of this myself, as a financial planner, we're very quick to put on the financial planner hat and immediately go into financial planner mode and start trying to think like, oh, you could do this, you could do that. And mm-hmm. numbers, right, trying to run projections. But ultimately, the numbers don't always have to follow the textbook because you have to really understand people's circumstances as a financial planner first before you start recommending anything. Because a circumstance might change my recommendation For example, if you have poor health and there's not a lot of longevity in your family, you know, I have clients that have opted to take Social Security early because they're like, hey, listen, I'm not doing too well. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. And, you know, maybe when you look at the numbers, it might make sense for them to age 70 to take Social Security. But who knows? They might not even be around at age 70 or around enough to enjoy it. So it's one of those things that you have to understand, you know? So there's a lot of things that are part of the circumstances. I think very importantly... Is not just the qualitative aspect because obviously, yes, you want to know where you are today, right? You want to get organized. You want to know exactly what you owe, what you own. Look at your employee benefits, look at your retirement accounts, your insurance coverages, your estate plan. You want to make sure you have all those things in place. But also, there's a qualitative aspect of things that some of the things that are subject to people's values and circumstances, attitudes, beliefs, right? I mean, there's people out there who are very into investing only on things that are good for the environment, right? So you can't put them in a traditional portfolio because they don't want to be invested in the big corporations that were here out there. Right. And I'm sure you encounter that a lot when you're talking to some people like, well, oh, we don't do this type of investing, or we only want to do this type of investing, or there's a lot of people that don't even want to be in the market at all. Right. So you have to understand people's values because there's a lot of ways to make money, right? The stock market is one of them, that some people love real estate and not one of them is right or wrong. Yeah values that people have behind those are going to be hugely important as to how you move forward and make recommendations.
0: We talk about the qualitative stuff and the quantitative stuff. You mentioned a little bit about social security. Let's talk about family circumstances. You can talk about some general family circumstances that you may have had that really impact the plan, not necessarily good or bad, just impact the plan. And if you don't account for that in the relationship building, the circumstance part is all about relationship, right? We want to know how this person you know, how they think, what they value. So can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes. You know, I think especially you and I as planners that are working with people that are our peers, Mm -hmm. a lot of them happen to be somewhat what they call the sandwich generation where they're taking care of their families, their kids, right? But they're also taking care of their parents Mm -hmm. or they know that taking care of their parents is on the horizon. So I have experienced lots of clients that are in a situation where We're sitting down to analyze where they are. And one of the things that comes up is, hey, by the way, we feel like we need to have X amount of money or at least some money put away towards taking care of our parents at their late age. Because they haven't, unfortunately, been able to save enough for their own retirement and so on. And that may mean having the parents live with them. They might need to put an extension on their house, for example, to have the parents move in. Mm-hmm. Maybe parents are back home, and they want to be able to send those parents a monthly amount to take mm-hmm. care of all their living expenses back home, you know, in another country. You know, I work with a lot of latinx hispanic Latinos, right, and that's very common, whether, like, yeah, our parents are going to be retiring to back to Mexico, Dominican Republic, whatever, and we want to be able to send them enough money for them to live on or have a living health aid, for example, and that is something that is a huge value to them. They're rather clients who rather forego the expensive the expensive cars, if we can somehow make that goal happen, right? So it's a matter of priorities and you have to then help clients make those decisions based on their priorities and say, okay, look, we could do this, but that means that we might not be able to do this. or you might have to hold off a little bit to do this instead. And they can then make an informed decision. You know, I think one of the things that you should look for in a financial planner is make sure that they have empathy, right? Because we don't have all the answers. A lot of it has to be based on what you want out of life. And then we can help guide you through it, not just say, well, do X, Y, and Z. And also when you're studying the circumstances, ultimately you want to be able to analyze alternatives as well as you're talking through things, because there's plenty of ways to get to a destination, right? And you might have to forego certain things, but at least you're making an informed decision based on your values.
0: Absolutely. And I think when we're talking about this in the values piece, I think that sometimes we have to be really, really dig in on the clients. And when I say dig in is because you've seen this happen. Clients come to us and tell us what they think we want to hear, right? They come in, they want to talk about retirement, which sometimes, you know, if you're in your thirties it's probably not top priority. Number one, they come in, they want to talk about investments, which typically that's happening from people that might not even have savings accounts yet. They haven't developed six right. months of savings. And so, Talk about how you address incomplete information or things that like clients, because this is what happens, right? If you're having that real robust information gathering client conversation, you're gonna find out other things or other possible threats to their financial plan that they may not even see. And so how do you go about getting that incomplete information and then making sure that they fill in the blanks and see things that they may not have seen?
1: Yeah, I love that is such a great point, man. See, that's why you make the big bucks, man. I love that. It's so true. There are times when people go to a financial planner and maybe they feel shame because they probably feel like they haven't saved as much as they should have. They have more debt than they should. And they tell the advisor what they think the advisor wants to hear. Mm -hmm. That's not going to be a good recipe to get what you need done. It should be a process where you're so comfortable with the person that sometimes you might be able to Tell them things that you haven't shared with anyone else, sometimes even if you're a therapist. You know, I hear that very often like, wow, I haven't even told anybody else this. And sometimes when I'm working with couples, I uncover things that they haven't even talked amongst themselves in there, in the <laughs> meeting. It comes up and I'm like, oh man, what did I do? Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, a healthy part of the process. One of the things that I find very useful is asking open ended questions and going a little bit deeper because. Going back to the whole textbook thing, obviously, yeah, everybody wants to retire and enjoy themselves while they're young, but there's a lot more to it, right? So you are able to identify gaps in information based on what you receive, right? So somebody tells you, yeah, we could save $1,000 a month, but then what have you been doing so far? And they're not doing that, Mm -hmm. right? Now, we're not here to judge, but we're here to help you uncover the reasons. We're like, okay, great. I mean, yeah, we did the numbers. It looks like you could save $1,000 a month. However, you have not been saving $1,000 a month. So you're able to, but you haven't been doing it. Let's talk about that for a second. What's the reason behind that, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times you might uncover, there are things that are even related to growing up experiences. I've had clients where they've had the same exact situation. Let's say client A, client B, where they both came from similar backgrounds and one of them saw a lot of poverty growing up. They got told no a lot. As a result, no, we can't do this. We can't do that because there's no money. There's no money. Right. And that's how they grew up. So now that they're in a position where they're making money for themselves, they take those values. Right. And be like, you know what? I don't want to be like I grew up, so I'm going to enjoy myself. And now I'm going to treat myself. I'm going to drive the nice car and take the nice trips because I work hard and I deserve it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Mm -hmm. Then you have client B who had the same situation. They were always told no. And They say, you know what? I don't want to be in that situation like my parents were. I don't want to be able to tell no to my kids, but I'm going to make sure I save as much as I can. So by the time my kids are in a position where they want to do something, I'm able to say, yes, let's go to that trip. Right. Mm -hmm. But they're a little bit more cautious about it. You know, so same situation, two different outcomes, but ultimately I think what we have to do as financial planners and you are listening out there, you want to be with somebody that is completely makes you feel comfortable enough for you to be able to open up without feeling judged Mm -hmm. because If you're thinking that you have to say something to sound right, that is not a good fit because ultimately you're only hurting yourself.
0: I got to say something about being judged. And this is the big thing, especially dealing with the group of people that we work with typically, shaming yourself for bad money decisions. This is the only place in our finances, right? Where we will feel bad for making uninformed decisions about things we didn't understand. Like if I had someone come in and they have no prior knowledge about working on a car, right? And I say, I need to change my oil. Or let's just say I need to put a new motor in this car. No one feels bad about not knowing how to put the motor in the car. No one feels bad about not knowing how to change your oil. No one feels bad about not knowing how to do some of the maintenance stuff on a vehicle. However, it comes to your money, you drive your vehicle every day. You've probably bought several of them. You've owned quite a few. You've had different things go on with them. But when something goes wrong and you need to fix it, no one gets upset no one feels bad. No one shames themselves for not knowing how to fix their vehicle. However, when it comes to our finances, we've never been taught anything. We've never been told anything by anybody. We don't have like a history of doing these behaviors that we have been told that we need to do. And now since we haven't done them, we shame ourselves and thinking like, oh man, well, you know, I can't talk about this or it's embarrassing to talk about it. Well, why aren't you embarrassed about not being able to fix your vehicle? Why aren't you embarrassed about not being able to? make this particular dish or whatever it is that you haven't done anything or gotten any help about. And that's where I think the planner really has to come in and say, look, if this isn't something that you should be beating yourself up on, anything else that you don't know how to do, you go get help. And here you are trying to come get help. So we're going to help you do that. And I think that that part there in the meetings that I've had with clients, really just, you can see them sit back in their seat. You can see them take a breath like, wow, you know, yeah, I never really heard it like that. Like I expect myself to understand this when I've never been taught. That's like going in the algebra class, right, and saying I failed the test, but I never studied for the subject.
1: Yeah, that's a great comparison. I love that. You know, I think as you're saying that, I'm thinking that a lot of it probably has to do with things that are directly related to us as individuals. Because yes, you're absolutely right. Nobody's shamed that they didn't know how to properly maintain their car, and <laughs> when it goes bad, they go into the mechanic. I see a similar thing with working out in the gym. And I think it goes back to the individual again, where a lot of people are ashamed to go to the gym if they feel like they're not comfortable yet. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy. Right. Because you would go to the gym and hire a trainer to get to where you want to go. Same thing with financial planning. Like a lot of people feel like they need to be at a certain place. I've heard that a lot. Some people have actually told me like, you know, when I have money, I'm going to call you. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> it should actually be the opposite. You know, we should come up with a plan to help you get that money, right? As opposed to waiting until you feel like you've quote unquote made it to then hire a planner. You know, it's a little bit backwards. And I think a lot of it has to do with the individual feeling just shame about their past decisions.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. As we're wrapping this up and we're talking about circumstances, step one in the financial planning process, what piece of advice would you give people as a parting gift on circumstance?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that you can't cry over spilled milk. And the fact that you're there already at that level say so we need to meet with a financial planner is you're recognizing it and give yourself a pat on the back because that is step one. Things may not be as bad as you think they are once you speak to a true professional that's gonna have your best interests at heart and is gonna be a thinking partner with you and be like, it might be able to shine a light on things that you may not have been aware of and be like, oh wow, I didn't realize that I could do this. So just pat yourself on the back. Don't hold yourself too accountable for past decisions. It is what it is. As long as you're willing to just move forward, then just partner up with somebody that's going to have your best interest at heart and go from there. You know, And that's it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Luis, as always, it's a pleasure, man. It's always a pleasure having you on. Like I said, I'm a big fan of yours anyways. Like, love the work you're doing out there. And actually, shout out to your wife, man. Got to meet her. That was awesome when we had the BLX thing. So shout out to your wife. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, yeah, man. It was good to meet the Roses, but it was cool. So thank you for today. As everyone knows, this is the Minority Money Podcast, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Until next time. Another great showdown, but it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation, so please reach out to an attorney or a CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at minority money podcast. That's F-A-N at minority money podcast, so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here and until next time.